You're like a dream come true, too. Just want to be with you, three. Girl, it's plain to see. It's time to smoke a blunt with me. And four, you break down a tree. Five, come and roll a blunt with me. Uh, what's the rest of the words? If ever I believe the blunt is done, then we'll roll another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. On Wake and Wake, we'll be more. Yeah. Why you got to sing so hard? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know you got the keys to my heart. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That wasn't me. That's Brian McKnight. Okay. okay. <laughs> there was a time in my life when I thought Brian McKnight was the Megazord of Boys to Men. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought the boys of Boys to Men got together, held their hands out, and boom, they became Brian McKnight. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what I thought happened. I thought Brian McKnight was the Captain Planet to the Boys to Men's Planeteers. Oh, man. Woo. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Okay, you sound good. We sound good? Okay, we sound good. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Make sure we're saying good morning to the lady at the house. Good morning. Oh, it's a beautiful day. It is Thursday. We are Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Five days away from what? Magic. 32 years on this planet, baby. 32 years on this planet, baby, and I ain't learned a motherfucking thing. Lady of the house, how you doing this morning? Uh. <laughs> I refuse to learn lessons. But I thought you were on the precipice. Yeah, I am on the precipice of a new nigga. That is true. That is true. As we continue to climb and define the progressive ways of manhood, I saw a clip this morning in which some, of, in which some other Negroes who called themselves on the precipice, they were uh, trying to hold women accountable. And I was like, hmm. Hmm. Don't know if we are that far on the precipice, but interesting conversation. Let's see who we got on the line this morning. Okay, Candace, good morning. Is, what's poppin', Prince? Ma'am, Janelle, good to see you again. I was about to text you the other day, actually. Uh, Brian, what's up, man? Boom, what's poppin'? Drew, what's up, baby? Good to see you back. B, my mans, my line brother, Sean Bartley, what's up? My lane, Danny the Inspirer. Please, I'd like to be inspired. Tomorrow, what's poppin', man? Uh, Janelle, we already said good morning, and of course, hope we're saying good morning to the lady of the house. Now, look now. Look now, we done been on the call. Not the call, we done been on the live. Four minutes. How many How many good mornings of the ladies of the house did I see on the chat? Uh, All right. <laughs> Come on now. Hey, I do he? choose violence. Come on now. <laughs> What's up, y'all? <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, woo. Empress. Empress. Y'all know I choose violence. Why do, why do people want to provoke you, boy? Why do you want to provoke me? Uh, what? <laughs> you know what I want to talk about? What's up? You know what I really want to talk about? Uh... I, I want to talk about your situation. What? 
Yeah, I want to talk about your reunion. If you want to, oh, I want to talk about your reunion. Now, we don't have to talk about your reunion, <laughs> but I, th- I thought it was an interesting topic. We don't have to talk about that. The other thing I do want to talk about, I want to talk about Dave Chappelle. Okay. I feel like you want me to talk about that more than you want me to talk about you. <laughs> That's fine. Um, anything else? Anything else? Oh, did y'all see that shit with Kwame Brown? No. What's up? Okay, so we'll talk about Kwame Brown. Um... Hey, boom, I'm ready, baby. You know I've you know I'm trying to make movies, man. You know that's the sixth level of income. Films. Anyway, so we want to talk about uh Kwame Brown, which I think is a very interesting situation. We'll talk about Dave Chappelle, which I think is a, a, a disheartening situation. Oh, Candace just reminded me. And we lost quite possibly the Paul Robinson. Negro of the century. Mm. And that is Paul Mooney. Mm-hmm. Tell the truth. Um, so we talk about Kwame. We can talk about Dave Chappelle. R.I.P. to Paul Mooney. Oh, my goodness. Grand um, Rising. Um, Akila. Whatever. Oh, say hi to Akila. Akila! Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Oh, man. Zaire also said, hey. Our uh, lady house, just not those words. That's all right. Okay. That's all right. That's all right. Long, <laughs> hey, look, as long as he know. <laughs> okay. My violence has no age minimum. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, B, are you saying that Kwame Brown called out all of the Breakfast Club? What's, what's going on? I don't all right, all right. So, okay, let me, let, let's break this thing down. So, Kwame Brown uh, was a 19-year-old first draft, first round pick of the NBA, I think in, let's say 2000. Okay. I can't remember the exact name, but I don't think that's important for the, for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Kwame, now, we don't usually talk about sports on the show because I feel like sports alienates people. And I've also found that like not a lot of people fuck with sports the same way I do, so that's okay. But the Kwame Brown situation is, is interesting because um, Kwame Brown was drafted to the Wizards in 2000 at the time, the owner of the Wizards would be Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as we all saw in the uh, the Michael Jordan documentary, I forgot, The Last Dance was the name of it. As we saw in The Last Dance, Michael Jordan is a tough dude. Yeah. Uh, some would consider him a organizational bully. Okay. Some would <laughs> say that his mentoring uh, tactics were a little toxic. Uh, and based on some negative experience in the patriarchy, et cetera, et cetera, we can go there. Um, but Kwame Brown, at 19, is drafted into the NBA. He is drafted away from his abusive father. Um, as Charlemagne the God um, put it yesterday and just leave Kwame, Kwame around, it seems like Kwame's family has been... Um, well, Kwame's father and his brothers have been, in, have been involved in violence against women... Uh, almost like a tradition in the family. What? Yeah. Pro Browns. Oh, damn, I'm a Brown. Hope we're not related. <laughs> um, anyway, Kwame Brown, drafted into the NBA, leaves his abusive household, joins an abusive uh, owner with Michael Jordan. Turns out Kwame Brown is not the basketball player we expected him to be. Still made $27 million. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Still made a total of, what, like, I think, $36, 37000000 million in the NBA played in a couple playoff series. He wasn't like ass. And yeah. as anybody will tell you, there are no busts 
in the NBA. Just niggas that didn't meet up expectations of the media. Right. right? So while this is happening, and we've watched it. You've probably heard it before because I've watched Stephen A. Clips before. While this is happening, there's a new broadcast journalist coming up, and his name is Stephen A. Smith. Right. And Stephen A. Smith, one of his early, uh, one of his early catchphrases, one of his early like popular segments is him basically calling Kwame Brown a scrub. Mm. Scrub um, can't play, feet too big, hands too little. Like I could almost have the whole speech memorized. And to which you know, Kwame Brown was 19 at the time, so he didn't really say much. 2021 has come. Gilbert Arenas Ooh. did, Gilbert Arenas, who was his teammate at the time, did a All the Smoke podcast in which he was talking about Kwame Brown. Mm-hmm. And that kind of resurfaced his name into the into the arena. I don't know exactly what happened, but Kwame started swinging. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you this. He didn't miss too many times. Mm. He didn't miss too many times. Uh, the, now, now, I don't know how many of y'all are from the South, but, like, if you get down to the South, you get the shit talking. Um... And you and you and your little light skin, yeah, you had a disadvantage in the South. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you use you talking shit in the South and your light skin, you had a disadvantage. Uh, and so he came for the next to Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, um, what's the boy name? Matt Barnes. Mm-hmm. And now Brandon is telling me that he went off for the uh yeah, he called Matt Barnes Becky with the good hair. What? <laughs> One of my best quotes he said, because Matt Barnes is uh Matt, Matt Barnes is, is, is biracial. He yeah, says yeah. he says, Which one of your granddaddies hated you? Your granddaddy that was black or your granddaddy that was white. Oh, it's like, shit. Ooh, 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 ooh. Wow. <laughs> Tell your mom. God damn. Right. Oh, Jesus. So uh the, the Kwame Brown situation is interesting because um and he says this in one of his responses. He says that Matt Barnes has jokes about him playing basketball, but he has jokes about Matt Barnes's life. We remember Derek uh, Derek Fisher basically stole his wife, but you know. Wait, Matt Barnes stole. I know Derek Fisher stole Derek. Uh, I mean, not stole, but like Derek Fisher was dating Matt Barnes's wife or separated wife, and then Derek Fisher was driving Matt Barnes's cars and shitting around, living in his what? house. You know what I'm saying? Yo. Mentoring the kids. You know what I'm saying? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's out of pocket. Ah! <laughs> not driving his car. Driving his car. Yeah, you know I mean. Mentoring the mentoring kids. the kids. So Kwame Brown has a thing to say, but I do. There's some interesting. There's some interesting parallels here, though. There's something that we have to talk about that I don't think we have talked about. Okay. There is a thing where black men, five days a week, get up and negatively analyze the bodies, the movements, the actions, decisions, and perspectives of other black men every. Mm. Day. Come on. From sunup to sundown, you can turn on your television and you can see one black man criticizing another black man. Now, in the sports world, I do agree that there is room for analysis and criticism of the game, of the sport, right. of the form. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see... If you want to see how niggas show they ass, go to YouTube and look at these black reporters reporting on Kyrie Irving this year. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving has done some phenomenal things for the WNBA, for the NBA, for his own spirit, for the perceptions of players in the media. But you go on the first take, go listen to uh, Skip and Shannon, 
Go listen to these hot take shows at noon. Dragging Kyrie up and down. Kyrie has the most beautiful game of basketball. I don't never hear a nigga talk about this nigga crossover is amazing. All I hear is Kyrie, we upset because Kyrie don't want to talk to the media. What? We upset because Kyrie want to burn sage at the beginning of the game. We upset because Kyrie took time off because he had to go to a funeral with his sister. What the fuck? If we really do the deep analysis, and I'm going to call out two of my favorite people, Shaq and, and Charles Barkley, they never see this. If we really do the deep analysis, when I was doing my report on Breonna Taylor for YouTube, uh, I could only find about four or five niggas who was actively uh, 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 advocating that Breonna Taylor's death was justified. I can only find about five niggas. It's crazy. Two of them were Shaq and, and Charles Barkley. Mm. Two of them were Shaq and Charles Barkley. So I mean that to say, I think there is a, I think there is a passive notion that the black voice is small. Mm-hmm. And while that might have been the case, that is definitely not the case now. Right. And what Kwame Brown brings to the forefront is something that I think these black analysts should have to deal with. They won't because I know niggas will not hold themselves accountable. But what Kwame Brown brings up is something as a thought that maybe these people haven't considered. Am I wrong? Hmm. Stephen A., are you wrong for the personal attacks against players? Yes. Now that you have dealt with that, you also have to deal with the fact with, in your wrongness, how have you damaged the race? Right. Every damn day, I can find you speaking negatively about a black man on TV. Even if it is criticism of the game. God damn! (laughs) Don't get me wrong, at the same time, you can also see a black man talking positive about a black man every day. But I'm telling you, the negativity... But negativity is running rampant because we live in a society. It's just what whiteness tells you. Whiteness tells you that the only thing that's successful in modern society is whiteness and negativity. That's the way the social media algorithms are set up. We said this a hundred times before. The algorithms are set up to show white, white negativity. That means negative things are positive and the things with the most white balance are the things that get the most attention. Mm-hmm. So societal have you thinking that white negativity is the way that you can grab attention when I'm telling you niggas The way black folks are set up, we wired a little different. We wired a little different. We like to talk trash? Absolutely. In context. In context. You can see last, if you watched the game last night, again, we're going to get off the sports situation in a second. If you watched the game last night, Draymond Draymond Green is playing one-on-one with Anthony Davis. And Draymond Green, as you know, is not a pleasant fella. (laughs) Yeah. And they playing the games, they bumping, they jawing, they going back and forth. Anthony Davis uh, hits a shot in front of his face. And then Draymond, I can't see what Draymond says. Draymond says something, he's talking trash. And then Anthony Davis looks at him like, what? And then just busts out laughing. (laughs) That's the type of negativity you want to see. Right. (laughs) (laughs) These sports, I say all that to say, these sports announcers are going to have to deal with the reality that, not even deal with the reality, but maybe even come close to the question of, is what I'm doing wrong? Are there other ways to critique the black body? Are there other ways to critique black skill without being damaging towards the individual? Without having criticisms towards someone's personal perspective? 
and the decisions they make in their life outside of the game. I'm not telling my sports commentaries to shut up and commentate. I'm not telling you to do that at all. But I'm just saying, have you considered the damage that you're doing to the race when as a black man you use your platform to constantly criticize other black men? Have you thought about it in the Monsters, Inc. complex? You know what I mean? Have you thought about that maybe we have gotten attention through negativity and screams, but have you tried smiles? Right. Have you tried intellect? Have you tried psychology? Have you tried spirituality? Have you tried astrology? Nigga, I don't see none of that shit on the sports on the sports shit. But we want to play Kyrie Irving because he's burning sage? The sage makes sense to me, goddammit. Why? Because he's burning off y'all asses. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I agree with you. Well, we got some comments. Keila said, yeah. There's no profit in praise. Got to harshly criticize to get that coin. Shaking my head. Destruction we live in. Let's change it. Our voice has power. Okay, Keila yeah. with the bars this morning. Yeah. True, though. That's so real. There's no profit in praise. Negativity is glorified. I mean, but we look at the... All right, let's look at... Uh, Janelle said that she enjoyed the documentary, which I think might be one of those best sports documentary outside of 30 for 30, Fab Five. Um, let's look at The Last Dance. Was The Last Dance a story of negativity? No. I mean, it had a little drama because Michael Jack Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan is an asshole. But, oh, you know what I forgot? To, let me roll this blunt. <laughs> let me roll this blunt, man. I, I got excited. Um... Uh, while I'm rolling this blunt, it's something interesting happened. And they are, they are gonna look at me like I'm crazy. So we went to uh I love the Monsters Inc. theory. I think that might be my new that might be the new thing. Have you tried joy? <laughs> Have you tried joy? Uh oh, it was something we were watching. And um oh man. Something in the complete opposite of them. That we watched that was positive. And it was black, and we just recently watched it. Hmm. I cannot remember off the top of my head. We just watched something black and beautiful, um, and it was positive, and I cannot remember it off the top of my head. You remember right any now. details? I just remember thinking, like, it happened recently, because I remember thinking, like, oh, this is way better than them. And it was black. Hmm. It might have been mid though. So in the in the in our black mid, you know, we have a theory on the sh- on on the wake and bake with Bimo. Wake and bake with Bimo, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, uh. Mm. got my Macy Gray in there. Woo! Uh. <clears throat> I try to say goodbye and not choke. Yeah, yeah. Um. See, I did all that singing, and I forgot what I was about to talk about. We were watching something that was black and positive. Oh, it was mid, though. Um, Michael Che, that damn Michael Che. Oh, is that what you're talking about? There's a Tony Morrison on Hulu? Tony Morrison documentary on Hulu? <laughs> I hope she talks like the way, she, the way she talks the whole time. If I have to kneel so that you can be tall, then you have a serious problem. And my guess is white people have a serious problem in this country. And what are they going to do to fix it? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love Toni Morrison. Okay, Q. Uh, Toni Morrison on the joint. What are we going to do about this joy? 
Um, uh, Lord of mercy. I don't know. We'll talk about the next thing. What else we gonna talk about? We had we had Kwame Brown. What else? You gotta talk to the people, sweetheart. Give the people a lady of the house update. What's up? <laughs> like you don't know what's going on in your own life. <laughs> <laughs> they can't hear me because I'm too far from the mic. So. Do you said you want me to talk about my my reunion? Yeah, give us frame this situation for us because I think Lord. <laughs> trying to be but, let, let me set you up um not set you up but something that I was thinking about that made me think about you uh the lady of the house is one two three four five six years my junior which I feel like is an incredible not an incredible gap like as in like oh, but I think I feel like it's an important gap because you know you change friends every seven years et cetera et cetera so your life kind of moves in like these seven year, these seven year cycles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we still tripping about Paul Mooney too, bro. Yeah. On Tuesday, we like to do a, a full on, a full on reunion or a full on like a, a memorial of my man's because like Paul Mooney. Anyway, six years. They said he had dementia too. Yeah, dementia. Yeah. Oh damn. Right. Damn. Right. Well, we remember who you were, Paul Mooney. Right. Um. Six years, my junior. And so the interesting thing to see from this side, not that like I'm her father, because that's just not how I want to frame that. Um, but like it is interesting to see you grow into more of an adult. Okay. It's interesting to see you go through like these lessons that we learn in our early adulthood about friendship and loyalty and projection and like or you like projection as in far as like where people went with their lives and how we all separate and how we can come back and like facing our enemies and, and no good doers of the past. <laughs> right. So I was sitting there thinking about like, you know, when I was 25, 26 and that's like six years ago, um, you know, just replaying some of those lessons in my head about friendship and separation and doing what's best for you and like really centering yourself and centering your joy and not allowing, um, not allowing negativity uh, to become part of your life. And so when your little situation came up, I was like, "This is this is a beautiful thing to watch from a different perspective." Now it's your turn. Okay, um, we pretty much said the gist, but I had a group of friends from college. We met freshman year. Um, it's been five years since I've seen one of. The girls and, ooh, like, well, I think I saw the other one maybe six, seven years ago. So it's been it's been more than five years for both. Um, one came into town, I guess, for her birthday, you know, to visit the other one, mm-hmm. and then whatever, whoop de whoop. Um, I. So, I personally felt like me and the girl from five years ago fell out and that's why we separated because I just needed space. Um, I felt like we were going in two different directions. She was, she was not the good, the best friend. You know, she was, she was very, she was pretty negative. She was, you know, she was a dick, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be nice about it, but you know, uh, so when the other friend who I had no problems with told me she's coming into town, I was excited of course, but then, you know, she told me she's staying with that the first friend, yeah, friend. the problematic friend. Mm-hmm. So then immediately I'm 
I'm overthinking. I'm in my head. I'm like, should I go hang out with them? I don't know if there's going to be beef. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know if I want to put myself in that space because I've been very intentional about putting myself in positive environments and not putting myself in places that I know are going to be negative or that I know that I'm not wanted. So that's why I was like, should I even do this? Like, mm-hmm. should I even open this door? And so then I kept thinking some more. I was like, I don't want to hold a grudge, you know, for more years or for the rest of my life. There might not even be anything there. Like, we might be cool, you know, so let me just see. So, yeah, I went to go hang out with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything was cool-ish, I guess. <laughs> Come on, cool-ish. Kick your bearers. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a couple of moments where I was like, okay, so you're still the same person. Like, you're you're trying to be a little... I don't know what the word is, but I guess you're on your best behavior right now. Oh, she <laughs> got her, She had her um, her her brand representative out. Yeah, right, right, right. But but her real self was coming through at times. So I, yeah, so I could see like she's not too different. But you know, um, we're all in different places in life. She just bought a house, which is you know a huge accomplishment for our age. Um, other ones in school, she's about to graduate in two years and ultrasound tech, you know, whatever. But yeah, I just, we were just talking about how we're grown now or, you know, older, we're maturing. Um, and then we were also talking about how we've been friends eight years now. So like, that's kind of, uh, I guess, I don't even know if it's a lifelong friendship, but that's a friendship that's lasted eight years yeah and yeah we know each other's families like we've been through a lot of things together so it doesn't feel right to throw it away just because of some drama especially when I feel like it could be talked about but I don't know it's just like as I'm continuing to get older I'd see the changes in myself and Mm -hmm. the people I surround myself with so of course I still want to maintain a relationship with them but I don't see them as like you know my best friends anymore or like yeah, I just feel like we we evolve. We may not necessarily change, but we grow. We may not necessarily change, but we grow. <laughs> yeah. Nigga, you got bars. <laughs> <laughs> you got bars. And so I guess I guess what happens now? Like do y'all kick it again? Y'all go to brunch on Tuesdays? What's up? Tuesdays. I don't on know. Saturdays? What's up? <laughs> Who the fuck goes to brunch on Tuesdays? Hey, yo, if y'all want to do Tuesday brunch, holla at me. Ah. Your birthday coming up. Yeah, my birthday on, on Monday. Mm-hmm. I got a tear in my eye. I'm not crying, no. <laughs> You're not moved. Huh? You're not moved. Not the tears. <laughs> I am moved. <laughs> not the tears, though. What happens now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what like, happens now? Like now that you have, now that you've been able to address the friendship of the past and recognize that it might not be something of the future, what do you do now? You know what? I need your advice because I'm going through the same thing. I feel like advise me, oh gentle advisor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's there's not beef. So it's it's all love, you know. Of course, if they need anything, I'm gonna help them out. I'm gonna be there, if, you know, if they want me there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'm a hold space for them, but I can't g- 
give them 100% of my energy because when I used to do that, I was unhappy mm-hmm. because I wasn't giving that energy to myself. So um, I think it's, it's mostly like putting yourself first, but also knowing that you have friends that are there. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they don't have to be your best friends. Mm-hmm. They, you could... They could be distant friends. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I haven't talked to them in years. And, like, they just hit me up and we hung out and we were talking about old times and catching up and shit was cool. You it know? felt good. Yeah, it felt good. At first, I'm not going to lie, at first things were nervous. Everybody was awkward. I mean, yeah, you were first, shaking yeah. in the car. I was shaking? You were shaking in the car. Uh, you were shaking on the way to brunch, but you but you got out that car. Yeah. And you do what the fuck you had to do. <laughs> yeah. Spent the whole afternoon with them. Yeah, that conversation, that, that re-sparking of friendship conversation could be tough. Yeah. Um And I'm I'm actually in, I think, I think I have to enter that conversation uh, pretty soon. I mean, I'm going to see a lot of tense relationships in the next week. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. I like what Empress said, too. Empress said the space is available for them when they need it, but that space is not reserved for them. Right. True. Mm-hmm. You got to call and make that reservation, baby. It's just right. not here. It ain't standing, baby. Okay? <laughs> right. It's not standing. Right. Because I'm going to um, live my life. But if you want to pop in, you could do that. Right. Honest girl. Good morning. Good morning. Anything? No. no. Intentionality. Uh, Empress is with you, man. Empress is with you. Yeah. So so when I have this conversation with my maybe re-burgeoning friend, how, what should I do? Give me some advice. Give me three pieces of advice. I say take it slow. Mm-hmm. Cause you don't, you don't, you don't know people's intentions all the time. But that just might be me, you know. Roshan, what's up, man? Uh, be open, definitely be open. And hmm, I want to say forgive, but like that's 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 that, yeah, that's a, that's a tall order. <laughs> it depends on what happened. You know, I'm thinking about forgiveness, right? I've been thinking about that, right? Yeah. And hey, you know, there's one nigga. Mm-hmm. Etc. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever forget that nigga. That's okay. There's there's a couple people. Yeah, I'm not. I don't I'm think not, I'm forgetting I'm that nigga. Forget, I don't yeah. think I'm forgiving that nigga, and like, I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Micah said, "That's all that. You ain't outgrowing me." <laughs> <All> I <right, fact. laughs> Facts. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. Facts, though. Facts, though. Uh, Boom says, people who say they are your friends will do a good job at making you feel bad about choosing to put more energy into yourself. Wow. And I feel like those are the ones that you know aren't really your friends. Because your real friends will know that you you have to pour into yourself first. Yeah. And that you'll still be there after you get all your shit done. Facts. Facts. That's what real friends will do. Summer friends, summer friends, you're my friend. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to go off. Um, I do have a jam of the week. Oh, we had one more thing to talk about. Um, oh. Then is it worth trying to rebuild the friendship if it isn't as an option? Well, for this nigga, the friendship has is, is been gone. Certain niggas' actions destroy fucking communities, let alone fucking uh, friendships one-to-one. Niggas turn out a whole fucking community, but, you know. Um, yeah, there's certain people. Yeah, so there will be no if if I cannot forgive you, then there will be no friendship. 
Mm-hmm. If I can't look you in the eye without wanting to punch you in the face, and you know I'm a tag dog. <laughs> I fuck around, might do it. Uh, if I can't do that, then we ain't friends. Uh, forgive for yourself, but don't forget. Right. Fuck that nigga, man. Nah. <laughs> fuck that nigga, dog. Yeah, there's some people in life I, I would never talk owe to him again. Death, but that's another question. <laughs> that's another day. What was the third thing we were talking about? We was talking about oh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, quick break. Want to let you know that this podcast and this Instagram is being brought to you by the Bridge Podcast Network. Okay, as Nas said, you got a uh, what's it? What do you say? Start a label, run it, sign yourself. That's what we did over here. So we have hooked up with the Bridge Washington Former Bridge. Uh, one of the most storied publications here in the Washington, uh, D.C. area. Black-owned, been a black family business for three generations. Uh, we have joined them to start a podcast network. You should see some stuff coming out pretty pretty soon. Uh, but this is, you know, we are a factor of that. Make sure you also check out another show on the podcast network, Over the Shoulder. Go look that up on wherever you listen to podcasts. I say it to say that on the last over the shoulder, I started this conversation and I kind of wanted to bring this conversation back home to the lady of the house. Although we've had the conversation off camera. We'll keep, continue it though. Um, I listened to the first episode of Dave Chappelle's new podcast on Luminary. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that differentiates this type of podcast or different from the type of podcast is that you can't just go look at it on Apple Music. You have to pay for it behind the paywall on Luminary. And I believe, I don't know how much it is. Let's just say $9.99. So uh, he released the first episode on like general distribution platforms. So that's like Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I watched the first episode. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Not gonna lie. I thought it was actually fucking fantastic. There is a there is a I can I I see why it's behind a paywall because it is equal it is equal podcast as it is to like a musical audio presentation. Where you going? What happened? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so it is equal parts and podcast. So it's equal parts like a conversation while it is also throwing in audio examples of what they're talking about. Example is in the, in this episode, they were listening. Uh, Yasin Bey, most deaf was telling the story about uh, drug addicts and his, you know, his connection to Amy Winehouse and they were playing some Amy Winehouse in the background. And you could just tell like, just, just by the pure editing and by the, uh, the nature of it, the inclusion of licensed material, there's some money put in this podcast, and it's Dave Chappelle, it's Yasin Bey. Um, it's a lot of guests coming through. And why I thought it was brilliant, why I thought it might have been next to the 1619 Project episode one or two, next to, uh, what do they call it, the reckoning or the the reckoning of Andrew Schultz on Brilliant Idiots, which is a beautiful podcast, because Andrew Schultz went way too far with Angela Rye on the previous episode, in which they had to put that nigga Schultz back in his place as a white man, but that also launched Schultz into doing Flagrant 2. So it was a beautiful moment. So outside of the reckoning of Andrew Schultz, 1619 episodes 1 and 2, 
I will say that Luminary Podcast with Dave Chappelle, as far as podcast episodes episodes go, it's one of the best podcast podcast episodes I've ever heard. Oh wow! And I'm a podcast network president. Okay, <laughs> but here's the problem, lady of the house. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, people. As brilliant as it is, I can't fuck with it. And the reason why I can't fuck with it is because of the prolific inclusion of Talib Kweli. Uh-oh. <laughs> It'd be one thing if he was a guest, and while being a guest, he was being held accountable for his actions. I only know two celebrities who have been put off of Twitter because of <laughs> violence, basically. <laughs> right. One of them was the former president, Donald Trump, and the other is Talib Kweli. <laughs> right. If you don't know the story, I suggest you get to your Googles, go to your Bossips, and try to figure it out. Um, but it would be one thing if he was a guest and we had to address what was going on. It's another thing for the, for the, for the show to be called uh, Midnight Miracle featuring Dave Chappelle, Yasin Bey, and Talib Gwali. Now... I have been a Dave Chappelle fan, I think, my entire comedic conscious life. Only other person that's outmatched him is literally Keenan. Mm. Um, but as long as I've been, as long as I have de- been developing into a man, 13 plus, 12 plus, I've been a fan of Dave Chappelle. When Dave Chappelle said in his Netflix specials that the world... Is turning into bitch ass niggas while he was in Radio Music City Hall making that joke. Mm-hmm. And the audience uh, uh, applauded with laughter. I was in that audience. And I don't mean that metaphorically. A nigga was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. And I am fully, I am fully recognizing that there is this thing called 2021 sensibilities that's happening to us geriatric millennials, which is a term I'm definitely uh, uh, rejecting. I ain't no geriatric <laughs> shit. Well, actually, I don't think you you would be though. I think you're a millennial. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm very aware of this thing that's happening, where sensitivity towards intersectionality from an older generation is being painted as weakness for somehow. Tom Tom will be a geriatric uh, millennial, <laughs> even not on his show. That's right, that nigga, three hundred years old. Nah, let me stop playing. Um, what was I saying? I have been a fan of Dave Chappelle since I was thirteen years old. I was in the audience when he called. America bitch-ass niggas for being sensitive about intersectionalities. And I laughed. And it seems like the older generation wants to paint that sensitivity to these intersectionalities as weakness, which I find interesting, especially if it's coming from Gen X. Oh, lazy fucks. (laughs) But I find it interesting that with baby boomers, who would be the direct descendants and even participants in the civil rights movement, have a problem with has, having sensitivity towards new intersectionalities. Right. So I'm fully aware of this thing that's happening. And I love Dave Chappelle. I listen to him on the Joe Rogan podcast. It's a, it's, it is a thing to say that I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast before I paid for Dave Chappelle's black-owned 
podcast. Well, I was with him on the fight for the Dave Chappelle show. His grandfather's name. One thing Kwame Brown said really good when he was shit talking was he was like, "You talk, you was talking about my mother's son, me." That's a whole nother way to frame like how you disrespecting somebody. You disrespected yeah. my mother's son. Well, Ooh, that means <laughs> I gotta beat your ass now, right? <laughs> Ooh. I was with him on the fight for his grandfather's name in his show, boycott the show. When they said to boycott the show, I did it. I did it longer than I did it for Monique. But I cannot understand. Hold on, two other points. Jay Z apologized for big pimping. Said it was misogynist. Said it was disgusting. Eddie Murphy apologized for raw and delirious. Said it was misogynist. Said it was homophobic. Said it was embarrassing. But the times were the times. Why won't Dave Chappelle hold himself or anyone around him accountable? That's a good question. I, I and You're talking to a Dave Chappelle fan, so I get the fact that Dave Chappelle, as a standard, does not apologize for what he says. That's what he says on everything. But why? Right. It's not because you won't be successful. It's not because your ideologies will then crumble. What stubborn hold on these ideologies do you have that doesn't allow accountability to be a part of who you are? And seeing Talib Kweli's name on this brilliant, when I tell y'all, this is, I'm telling y'all, top three best podcast episodes. I've ever heard. I've been listening to talk radio and podcasts since I was seven years old. Top three episodes I've ever heard. But when I see Talib Kweli's name on that motherfucking cover art, I cannot participate. And it's that simple to me. <laughs> I didn't know the trans jokes happened. Okay. Maybe I should have stopped then. The lack of involvement in of black women into the struggle when he was having his own comedy special, 846, 856 about George Floyd, maybe I should have seen them. Mm. Some of his comments on women, maybe I should have seen them. So to those of you who are already on the boat, let me apologize for taking so long to board so that we can then depart. My apologies. I'm still trying to get some other niggas to get on, get in line with me. Not that I'm going to boycott, but I have serious questions for Dave Chappelle. I have serious questions for Dave Chappelle, and I don't feel like anybody is really asking me these questions. Joe Rogan is not going to ask him these questions. The Breakfast Club is not going to ask him these questions. Well, maybe Charlamagne might ask him the question. Maybe. True. Maybe. <laughs> You got any thoughts on Dave Chappelle? It just reminds me of that. I can't remember which specific conversation, but oh, I think I think we were talking about him apologizing for the jokes he's made, basically. Yeah, oh, and I, I could, yeah, and I couldn't understand like 
I don't understand. Like at first, I thought it was comedic integrity. Like okay, <laughs> I guess my straw was the blatant disrespect of black women, and also like you're not gonna hold you're not gonna hold your you're not gonna hold your community accountable. That's the other thing. Like if we try to be better niggas, if we try to be better men in the future, the key to that as I'm hearing from women, as I'm seeing effective within my own community, you got to hold your niggas accountable. Yeah. But that also, they have to hold themselves accountable too. Got to hold themselves accountable. God damn it. Wake me, we be mo, yeah. Whisper mo. Right. It's because we at the end of the blunt. <laughs> right. I'm at the end of the blunt. My voice all smooth and velvety. What up, big dog? Yeah. Well, what Q said. What Q say? Q said, uh, well, B said, pride and ego, simple. Shit is crazy, B. Oh, yeah. Shit is crazy, B. Um, would Dave Chappelle still be him if he apologized? Not even apologized, just even was aware or accountable of some of the things. I don't know, man. I feel like he could still be him. I don't know. I hate that. I hate that. That's even a question. <laughs> I hate mm. that. That's even a question. Like, ironically, in talking about drug dealers, like, in if you if you're a performer and you got to take a shot every time that before you get on the stage, every time that you perform, are you still as good if you don't take a shot? Hmm. Extrapolate into other drugs. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Dave Chappelle's drug is just lack of accountability. <laughs> Damn. Which is fine. But then I feel like you can no longer plead for public sympathy then. Right. Right. Yeah, like, if you were the people's champ, you lost the belt. Damn, Dave Spell. We hate to see it, man. Uh, a lot of older niggas don't believe mm-hmm. uh, in self-accountability. These niggas thinking. will literally lie to themselves. Wow. Mm-hmm. Q said, that's what, that's what, honey's cow. That's what she said. Uh, Q then says, is it possible that he has no ownership of striving to be on the precipice and we cannot tolerate this any further? Uh, it's so sad when you lose a hero. R.I.P. Bill Cosby. Damn. <laughs> it's so sad when you lose Man. a hero. Uh I won't say that like I can't I can't put money towards him directly. I can't support that project directly. I really wish you I really wish there was a way he would answer my question, but I feel like I feel like if I approached him with the question, the response would be like, get this sensitive bitch ass nigga up out of here. Yeah. And not like <laughs> to our point about Kwame Brown. Have you considered that you might be wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Right. Hmm. 
But it does take a lot to publicly admit that. So. It takes a lot to publicly admit that you're wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I guess they just don't make courage like they used to. No. Hi, you got any burning questions for the already put out blunt? <laughs> mm. Okay, so you said you aren't gonna boycott. Like, what? What do you I don't do know as what a? My actions are. Yeah, what do you do as a fan? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, maybe I should write him a letter. Yeah, I was about to say you should. You should talk to him. <laughs> Oh, the uh, Q says that fear of being wrong meets the fear of being unheard or even worse, misunderstood. Right. True. I don't know. I also don't got time to be writing no days of hell, man. I got <laughs> shit to do. Shit. Nigga, you supposed to be entertaining me. <laughs> now huh. I got to check you. <laughs> I got to check you. Shit, I got to manage up. That's what the fuck. Yo, if that is part of adulthood, if part of adulthood is managing up on even the things that entertain you, Yo, they, they, now they fucking lied. <laughs> they motherfucking lied. If adulthood is having to manage up on the people who entertain you on all aspects of your life, fuck this, man. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, man, that's fucked up. Loki, yeah. Why do you think they got suggestion boxes for like all these businesses? Oh, shit? <laughs> they want you to manage them, <laughs> tell them how to do their job better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why? Right. <laughs> do me a favor. Go get the speaker real fast. I cannot believe that. I think I just had a big revelation. <laughs> the lady at the house, the, the the burning question, the burning question of the roach. What's up, Gary? The burning question for the already put out roach was, what's up? Damn. Um, was um, now that I recognize that I have this issue with Dave Chappelle, including Talib Kweli into the new podcast and how I'm not going to support that podcast, um, what do I do as a fan? Now, I don't got time to be writing Dave Chappelle no letters. <laughs> so then what do I do? Um, and then we just had a revelation like, don't tell me I got to manage up. <laughs> don't tell me I got to manage up, man. I got to manage up in all parts of my life? Damn. <laughs> I could cry. <laughs> I could cry, man. But uh, I don't know. I think the uh, at the end of the day, I'm not quite sure what to do with Dave Chappelle. I'm not going to lie. Hmm. Um... Do you believe in cancel culture? Like, <laughs> I believe in boycotts. Okay. Um. Uh, but boycotts are more than just like the deviation from an activity. <laughs> right. You also have to make a statement. You also have to prove a point. <laughs> like when right. we look at the Montgomery bus boycott, they didn't just be like, "All right, we're not riding the bus." Nah, they they fucking. Did the annual reports? They pulled the numbers. They carpooled. They built communities. Right. They changed transfer. They changed transformation structures at companies. Mm -hmm. Like y'all need to come pick us up, or we're not gonna be there. <laughs> That's a boycott. Yeah. 
holding truth to power, calling truth to power. Even boycotts in in the A building. Right. They had the list like plastered on list. the wall. You got a list of demands. <laughs> you don't got 10. no boycott. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got a list of demands, and you just missing out. Right. <laughs> you just doing some. Right. You just abstaining at this point. Right. What's up, Trill? Um. So I don't know. I, I, the cancel culture. See, can't see. See, I see the I see the white man's etymology happening right now. I see. I just put the two and two together, man. See, what I'm saying you want to boycott some shit, and niggas to say they canceling you. No, nigga, I'm trying to hold you accountable for some shit. Right. See, that's how I know they gonna give us twenty dollars and call it reparations. I know they gonna do it. I know it, and I want y'all to be prepared. <laughs> I want y'all to be ready. They're going to give us $20, uh, 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 a year of tax-free, and uh, 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 a couple tuition generations at an HBCU and call that reparations. I bet you. I bet you. You better watch out for the white man's words. Mm-hmm. You better watch out for this shit. I'm telling you, they just going to sneak in like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Micah says, you don't, you just have to build a fluid perspective on what works for you. Oh, I don't have to manage it up. All right, cool. Thanks, Micah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can make my own decisions. I forgot about that as an adult. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> that being a Karen then? Huh? <laughs> oh, I missed it. Um, um, uh, that's true. It's an adulting nugget he was trying to bash back was given to me and his absolute goal. You just have to maintain a fluid perspective on what works for you. True. Yeah. True. <coughs> Good morning. True. Appreciate you, Trill. See the capital M? I like that. Yeah. Oh, nice. I like that. I like, see, I like that. <laughs> see, some people see it. I don't never press it, you know what I mean? Because it's not like really my name. Yeah. Um, but then people be typing it, you know what I'm saying? What? But my name. <laughs> <laughs> my name is my name. <laughs> That's my Marlo from The Wire. <laughs> My name is in the street. <laughs> that nigga Marlo used to crack me the fuck up. <laughs> My name is in the street. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we'll see y'all on Tuesday. <laughs> okay. That's about it. You know what I'm saying? You got 50, you got 50 something minutes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh. Make sure y'all check out the podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We always appreciate y'all coming through. The numbers are strong. The podcast network is looking good. Make sure you follow WI Bridge. Um, we're gonna have we have to get some some things going on. I need like a little airplane that just be like the bridge <laughs> over the shoulder. Oh, and apparently. Lady of the House Tea Time is coming soon. That's what I heard. I heard Tea Time with the Lady of the House is coming soon. (laughs) So I will see y'all on Tuesday. I want to leave you with the jam of the week. I don't know if y'all remember this song from the skating ring, but this shit used to go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Come on, Robin S. 
turn that shit up. <laughs> this is my jam. I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. I've been pulling up the work every day this week. Going to work. The way you said Turn this shit up. Turn this shit up. <laughs> I want to go skate now. <laughs> you want to go skate now? You want to go skate on your brain? <laughs> yeah, let's go skate. Okay. <laughs> You got to show you.